Uh, I'm your host, Anthony Carvello. Here's my co-host. Yeah, it's Clemmy. It's a C-L-E-M-E-N-T. And uh, we got a special guest here today on the Now You Know podcast. We got Winnipeg royalty, Winnipeg legend, DJ Bunny here DJ in the building. DJ Bunny in the house. If you yes. don't know, you're about to find out, I think. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean. And if you don't know, now you know. So, uh, great to have you, DJ Bunny. Yes, yes, man, for sure. Appreciate having you here. Um, so basically, what, what we wanted to get started is like, where does where does hip hop start for you? Like, were you born and raised in Winnipeg? No, I was born in Jamaica, and you I'll think? give it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see him right now, but he's decked yeah, out. Hell yeah, he's decked out in the Jamaican way. Don't you can tell where yeah, he's yeah. from. Yes, yes. <laughs> So um, I'll give you a little bit of history of me. I was born in Jamaica. I, I grew up, you know, around the sound system and stuff like that. My uncle had a television repair shop where he fixed electronic stuff. And he built a little home, home radio, what do they call it, uh, uh, pirate radio station in the back. Yeah. So I used to see him playing music and be doing his music thing. And I get to grow up around that and fell in love with that old radio, hip hop, uh, reggae, all that stuff. So that's how I got in it originally. And then I, we moved here in the mid seventies. My mom moved here for me as a kid. And being in Winnipeg, I like to start. Where I'm going to start out from. I like to give props to even the originator who was here before. Yeah. Like the older guys who was doing it, but not so much on a hip-hop level, yeah. but reggae and hip-hop kind of mixed together. They're so cousins. Yeah, yeah, they're cousins. So those guys who were doing the reggae and little disco or whatever they call it back then, mm. I be, get to come to be around those guys and watch them do their thing. And um, so that's where I brought, like when, when I was upcoming, the hip-hop was starting up and just coming in. So... I take it from them, from that step, from the reggae and the soca music and all that. Yeah. And had the the funk, the hip hop, the uh, R&B, and you know, still keep the reggae and the dance all together. So I've been doing it. I like to shout out actually some of those guys because I like to give the pioneers respect. Yeah, yeah, There's a guy here named Station 55, Joe. He was doing the soca music, reggae music back in the day. Another guy named Nick Supercool, he's, no year, he's not here long, no longer, he's back in Trinidad, original where he's from, but he was one of the big promoters, and I want to especially bring his name up, because he was one of the big promoters to bring hip-hop here. He brought DJ Jazz and Jeff, the Fresh Prince. Oh, wow. Uh, Chris Cross. Yeah. He, he brought uh, Ice, Ice-T. Oh, Some okay. of the early yeah, uh, yeah. Rob Bass and DJ yeah, Easy, Easy Rock, Rock. Yeah, yeah. and it's Nick Supercool, so I got to give him props. I That's work for wild. his production. Um, I work for his promotional production, bringing in, in stuff. I used to be, a, you know, a young cats who go drive and pick up some of those artists and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, so I like oh. to give those guys props. Another That's guy wild. named Universal Sound. Another guy named Grandmaster Funk. He's living in Vancouver now. We used to do the, the hip-hop boat cruise and all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, yeah. so yeah. I, and, and then he brought in a, another cat named DJ Alibaba, who is still active in Vancouver right now, playing and doing his stuff. So I got to give all them guys no, props. Oh, out. one more too. George Liquish. He had a show on TV back. This was late 70s into the 80s called Dynamite Soul. And he was playing back before it was even hip hop then when they were calling it. 
uh, rap music, just rap. Yeah. He was like playing stuff from back then, so I want to big up George Licorice, so I got to give respect to those boys, yes. Yeah, that's wild, man. That's yeah, wild. Man. That's taking us back, what, early 80s, I'm guessing? Yeah, like, yeah, like even, even George started uh, uh, playing, um, he was even doing a, a, a TV thing called uh, Dynamite Soul, and like, I could remember like 89, like 88, 89, he was, I was like at home when I was like, yeah, man, this guy, I want to do what he does, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. and he was yeah. playing like rap, early rap, you know, some cool mode. Yeah, like he was doing it in, yeah, situation. it was, it was, yeah, before it was, uh, what's it called, Vidiana or uh, no, it was called Vidian back then, before it was Shaw, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, it was called Vidian Cable Access, so, and so we'd get like an hour every week, yeah, and, and he, he would, would play. play and you would play all the f the latest funk jam you want to know because back then there was no internet none of that stuff so you didn't you didn't get the music and the radio were playing it and all that so the only place a few places you can get it or hear it and it was George Lakers show you tuning on and you get the freshest funk or yeah, rap so music all the right? dance stuff like yeah, yeah, yeah. Play a dance and, party on, on yeah TV, yeah exactly right? yeah so, okay that's cool so, so then so you come from Jamaica to here mm -hmm. and then you find like you were already aware of hip hop in that. Uh, yeah, like well, of... more or less, the, uh, reggae kind of started out, uh, went into the dancehall toasting kind of bit, which yeah, is yeah. sort of hip-hop, because yeah. they put on the instrumental of the reggae song, and then just do a, a dance, uh, what do you call, toasting, that's yeah, yeah. what they call it back and then. And like sound classes and stuff. Yeah, home, and I all guess. that, yeah. And then you come over so here. So when I come over here, and then hip-hop was just start. I mean, a, a few years alone, because I came here in the 70s, so like more into the 80s now yeah, when hip hop yeah. was born and start getting noticed. Yeah, yeah. With, with you know, this type of uh, rap, rapper back then, like Sugar Hill Gang and all the early pioneer stuff, Grandmaster Flash and all that stuff. Yep. So then I just start, hey, you know, this, we need this. You know, there's a, a, a crowd, a group. You know, there's people here into this kind of music, and we need to do something to, you know, get this music out and all that. And back then, I would travel, I'd go visit family, relatives in uh, New York, down in Minneapolis, and places like that. And I would go, and I would always check out the culture down there and see it, and see the birth of it, where it was starting up, and... I would take some of that back here with me. I'd be coming home with fucking bags of records. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be coming home with bags of friggin' <laughs> records, you know, coming back broke because I'd be buying every record. Because like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like coming back to Winnipeg, nobody's going to hear this or know yeah, this, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm bringing back everything, man. So that's how I start incorporating it in Winnipeg and start having little gigs, doing little, little, well, before it was, we started doing block party, but before block party, the house party, the right. community center and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, that's basically how I get started. And DJing, I guess. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. DJing comes from being back home and hanging out with your uncle and seeing all yeah, the seeing them, stuff, right? seeing them doing that and wanting to do that. And it was like, yeah, you know, I would go and buy my little records, my 45s back then and... Soon, yeah, I didn't go to the video store, nothing like that. My yeah. money was rushed to the, the record store, record. grab a four, the latest 45, whatever it was. You know, I was into music. I was a, always a music lover. So yeah, every, yeah. anything that's hot, rock, pop, 
dance, all reggae, yeah, hip hop, yeah. funky, uh, yeah. disco. I would get it, man. So yeah. I have stocks and stocks of forty fives of all kind of music. You still man. have all that? Stuff? I still got. I got a a a, a space in a warehouse um, that I have, uh, or just records. Just <laughs> oh, you should see it, man. Lots and lots of records. Yo, that's wild, man. That's dope. So then, so from the scene here, like we we've seen you in a video, circa '88, mm-hmm. with uh, Jay Styles. Jay Styles. So like, what what happens between maybe like when you come here to '88 that you end up being in? Is it Winnipeg for a rap video? It looks you, like it's a meme. Yeah, man. yeah, it's, it's classified. Yeah, they classify because <laughs> it was one of the first. So um yeah, just, we were just doing um like parties and stuff, the boat crews and right. all that, and that scene was going underground. Yeah, you know, but it was here. It was big. When we had party, it was hundreds of people there. Yeah. So we start trying to get it into the club and all that, and you know they would refuse us or try one night here or there or mm-hmm. whatnot. And you know they were kind of scared of it because the, the, they heard about the, the in the bigger city like New York where they have some backlash to it and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of scared of it, but you know we presented peacefully. And then a friend of mine named Robin said, well, why don't we just open our own club? Oh. So he find a space on uh, um, Regent there, right across from where the boat used to be back in the day, by Regent, just a little place. Mm-hmm. And he opened it up as like, you know, one of the first of its kind club to play hip hop, reggae, dance, all stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. We went in together and started doing this, and it was more like it, it wasn't even licensed. It was just a place where uh, young cats go, listen right. to their music, and break dance, and play and hang out. And you know, we get some of the girls in there, and they would cook up some food and hang out with us and stuff like that. And that was sort of like the first sort of it. It, it, it was called Arbins, and it was on um, Arbins. Um, yeah, Arbins. That's what it was called. That was that was his name. So when he opened up, he just called it Arbins, and it was sort of like the first kind of club that was, uh, you know, where we could go and that kind of music was played all the time, reggae, dancehall, and then the lo- the, the local uh, kids who started getting into DJing at the time and wanted to start uh, start doing DJing and stuff. We'd bring them in and say, hey, you, you know, play for a minute. You play, you play yeah. your night next week or your night. Right. So, and then we'd have the break dancer come in and we'd have, have a throw down and, um, you know, and even we were doing it. We were copying New York because I would yeah. go there and I'd bring all that back. And right. we said, we got to do that here. So we'd have the graffiti guys in and do some graffiti and all that. Man. All in the same had, space, right? Yeah, in the same space. Yeah, it was dope. it was a decent space. And um, so we had that running for a few years. But it, it, like I said, it wasn't a licensed place. It was just somewhere we hang out, you know, and you know, bring your own booze kind of thing and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was a place we go, and um, then um, uh, this guy named Paxton Small, a business guy with a bunch of other uh, business guy who own local business, like you know, Gimbies and all them guys, mm-hmm. get together and open up the first uh, real nightclub R&B hip hop. Um, reggae nightclub was called Lime Tree. Lime Tree. It was called Lime what Tree. What year was that? I I said 84, 85. 84, 85. 85 yeah. Where was that one at? 
It was on McPhillips Street uh, by McPhillips and Logan, where that uh, co-op is oh, in that right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And years after, there was a club after that called Simon's in there. Yeah, if you yeah, remember that, yeah, I was yeah. in that same. That was oh, the that first was yeah, yeah, yeah. first R&B hip hop club because yeah, we couldn't get our uh, our our culture, music, and style anywhere else. You know, you know, we try clubs and stuff, and they would say, yeah, maybe, but you know, we couldn't get it the way we want it until those guys open up. So then they bring us in. We still have our own spot, Aubins, mm -hmm. what we do still, but then we start um, working with the guys in one of the license clubs, Lime Tree now, and mm -hmm. doing our stuff. And they were bringing in band, funk bands, and young hip-hop shows from like Detroit, uh, New York, Philadelphia, and stuff. And even one of the first hip-hop show that comes here, not, not too many people know, unless you were from that community at the time, yeah. is two guys named Felix and Jarvis. And the only way you'll know them, if you look them up, and they got a song called Freeze Frame Rap, which is Jay Giles' Freeze Frame song. If you know that song, they took the instrumental, and they okay. do a rap called uh, Freeze Frame um, Rap. Yeah. They were the, the two first rap <coughs> guy because they were big in Detroit when they made that hit okay. song. Yeah. And so it was all big in Detroit. And then we, we, we all together, you know, put the, the funds together to bring this group up. And we had them in the Holiday Inn in, in one of their uh, rooms there doing a show. And I can remember we have the sound system set up. Because back then the sound system was huge and shit. And you remember <laughs> wheeling in all these big sound systems and... And the place from the Holiday Inn was, well, not the Holiday Inn as it is now, the Radisson. Before, the Radisson oh, was called okay. Holiday okay, Inn. Yeah. Right, oh, okay. yeah, right yeah, in yeah. there. Because oh, so, okay. like they have right a bunch downtown. of room. Yeah, 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 right down. So they were wondering, what the hell is going on with these big sound systems coming in and all that, man. And we put on a hell of a show. Those guys came in from Detroit and put on a show. They got two big hits on the internet, if you look it up right now. Yeah. Freeze Frame on the and another song called Bounce. What you gonna bounce. do when you get on top? We gonna bounce. We hey. gonna bounce. Two jams to have in your collection if you're a hip-hop heads. Yeah, yeah, they were one. But that was the first real hip-hop show to come to Winnipeg. Oh. Yeah. And yeah, that was, sure yeah. And, and that was around, uh, I'd say, early, or 80, early 80s, 586, I'm saying. How'd you guys even hear about them? Like? Because I used to travel to uh, relatives and stuff. So I used yeah. to go to Minneapolis to get my records and drive. I'd right. drive to Minneapolis, spend a weekend, and come up with records and stuff. Yeah. And friends and stuff would be like, these new boys come out. They have, you know, a song called Freeze Frame. You guys should check it out. So I check it out down here. It was big down here because that's where they're from, right? Yeah. And uh, it was blowing up on the radio down there. So yeah. we decided, you know, and it wasn't too far, you know. So we figured, right. hey, put the funds together and get them up here. And we got them up here. And it was a big show. And everybody from that community, man, the reggae, the rap community, because it was not like that before. So people came off for that. So we had to support, man. Yeah. And the place was packed. And um, and so yeah, did, that was one of the first. I wished, man, I had cameras back then to take yeah, pictures. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, that's what. But we said. were just, you know, it was just like something we doing. We didn't, you know, figure of taking a record of it, right? Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. See, did you guys know you were making some sort of history? Like, well, we thought we were copying New York, just yeah, bringing it here. So yeah. we thought, you know, we will just do what they do, and so. But we never realized at the time we were making our own history in Winnipeg here, too, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? building a foundation. Yeah, building, yeah. Didn't know that. So, you know, and that's where it started from, man. And then right after that, we were uh, 
you know, checking out the local TV and saying, what, you know, what can we do and all that. And saw the commercial come for uh, Videon. If you, this is a community station. If you have a community program that you want to do or whatever, yeah, yeah. talk to us. We hell yeah, man. Yeah, we got a little something. <laughs> we got something we can put on here. <laughs> yeah. So we brought it to them, and so we had like we had back in the days we had those Filipino dancers. They were a wicked break dance group here, yeah. man. From the from uh, so you had a Filipino group. You'd had some of the uh, Caribbean guys them, and we'd all uh, compete and break dance and all that. So we were like. Let's do this. Bring the, the, the dancer, the, the break dancing, the music and everything and, and present it to them. So we were like, yeah, you know, we uh, want to do this show. We got a name for it. It's called Spotlight Show. And, you know, they were like, write it up, put it on paper, do a rundown sheet and let us know what oh, you're going to wow. do. And right. we come in and tape it. So we're like, what? I said, yeah, man. So. We went down to the studio. We already, we had like 30 people because we had break dance. We had rapper. Yeah. And like, I think that caught him by surprise. He realized, because those guys were hungry. Those, the, the break dancing guys was doing it all over the street at schools, wherever. They did not know where to go. So now they have a, a, a chance place, to put it. And they get to be on TV. On TV. Like, so yeah. we all meet up the studio and the people at the studio was, what? Yeah. We got something here. Yeah. So we taped the first show and stuff like that. Spotlight. We had, yeah, a spotlight show. We had the dancers and all that. And we just basically freestyled break dancing. I would put on some tracks and they'd go into it. Somebody would grab the mic and freestyle for a little bit and whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's how we start spotlight show. It was show, like almost man. like a college radio show, but on yeah, TV. Yeah, on TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to her surprise, people was watching. People was like, what? Next thing we thought maybe a once in a while thing, maybe once a month or something. Yeah. Are you guys coming next week to do the show? Uh, we can do it next week again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, guys. Okay, we okay. on the phone, guys. Hey, we doing this again? Come on, let's. Yeah. And we it was just as big as big the second time. Yeah, people came down. Not everybody was on camera. Some people was just there to watch, right? Yeah, to see yeah, right. So people was in the background, and yeah. and and you know the guy and. I didn't even want to be in. I didn't even want to be up front. I want to just DJ in because I was shy back then, right? And Yo, so that's I, like most DJs. I feel yeah, like that. Just I was just shy, man. I just like DJ. Yeah. I'd be like, you know, back there, just holding my head down, put the music <laughs> on, and let somebody do something. Yeah. And we did. We keep running the show for uh, every week. It it was like constant. Every week it was a show. We were doing a show all year long. And we did, uh, we ended up doing um, the show for five, four or five years. Every week. Yeah, every wow. week. And the interesting thing about that, too, we started out taping it, and they would play the tape back at a, the, the date when they, uh, I think first they started showing it at Saturday night. They mm-hmm. would hear it back on Saturday night. And they would change time to fit it in, or people would request it. Mm-hmm. And then they start to repeat it. So, like, yeah. it would be on the air date, and they would repeat it. They would Throughout use the it as a filler show. Like, yeah. if there was another show that didn't show up, they would put it in. So, sometimes it would be on two, three times a week. It would be the same show, or they grab one of the older the one the right. and, yeah, and yeah, put and it back radio, in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They yeah. show up, they just pull an old pull it one up. and put it in, right? So, uh, yeah, people was, like, you know, into it, and... We did it for like five years, like that. But even the last, what was so interesting about that show too, we did it for the first two years, about two and a half years. We did it like it was taped. Yeah. And they used to always ask us to do uh, the rundown sheet to let them know what we were doing, so they have an idea. Right. 
but we never did that. We just come <laughs> in the studio and freestyle, freestyle and do whatever. What we do. So one day we went to the studio and they said, well, you guys always freestyle and never, you know, we just do it on one take anyway. We're doing it live. We were like, what do you mean live? They go, we're doing it live to here. Uh, like, what? <laughs> we better be... Then we start doing the show live too. So it was on Sundays at the time, like about five, six in the evening, Sunday. So we would, they just say, watch your language, but we're doing yeah. it live, right? But back then we weren't even swearing that. Yeah, much. that wasn't crazy. I think the crazy. most thing I ever say was damn or, 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 or damn or one time I said shit and they kind of beeped it out. But that was it, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, they start doing it live and we were like, you know, freestyle. I wouldn't mess up because it's live, right? It's, but, yeah. you know, people, we covered and all that. So, yeah, that show ran until uh, 2000 and, uh, not 2000, 1995. Oh, wow. So yeah. You ran from, like, early or, like, 90. 90, yeah, yeah, to 95 on, on with the Spotlight show. So I got tons of stuff on videotapes. Yeah, yeah, you've been posting clips of this, some, yeah, of that stuff, some of that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you... Green screen footage where you're you're rapping, I think. And that's yeah. the thing too. The show was kind of psychedelic because you know it had a little bit of some of the, the '70s flavor with that psychedelic yeah, with, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they would throw, we'd say throw up all kind of graphic. And a lot of the guys in there was in the booth was you know uh, guys who were learning the but, trade so and learning the tools. So they'd be yeah. a, so you'll see the footage. You see a bunch of psychedelic funkadelic stuff <laughs> going on in the background. Awesome. So a lot of the blue screen stuff. They yeah. Did you guys meet, did you end up meeting a lot of people from Green Girls, I guess? Yeah, we end up, like, and we were just doing that on our own or whatever. If there was any expense that we need to bring in a guest or something, occasionally we have a couple of guests who comes in town, we're doing a show or something, we'll get them oh, on nice. or whatever. And, um, or we'd go and video, and I tell people this story and, and people like, wow, when DJ Jazz was there from Fresh Prince was here, because yeah. I, I was talking about the guy you brought them in, Nick Supercool. So I was working for his production, and uh, I would get them, get some of the artists. I didn't get Jazzy Jeff from the Fresh Prince, but I got some of his other artists, like go pick them up from the airport, bring them here to the room. But while doing the show, I asked for an interview with them, and they said, it's cool. But um, I had to get the camera from the studio, and I had the, the guys them come down, and we went and we recorded uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince in their hotel, in their uh, backstage before their show, right. and I had a group that I associate with called the Artists Posse opened up for them, and I had the interview, and so uh, we were using. I had two cameras. I had my. I had a little a camera recorder that I was recording some of the stuff, but I had one of VPW camera professional guys come down to the in, to do the interview. They did the interview with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince backstage wow. and all that. I, I did it. With That's just, big. <laughs> That's but big. what happened was we got back to the studio. So we every every week we do a show, and sometimes they would what they would do they would use some of the old tapes and re-record them over. Mm -hmm. And so that interview, <laughs> I hear that when when we just did it, I hear that on the next show we did, and the very next week when I went, I didn't get to copy it or tape it. Went back there and asked for that tape, and they said, "Oh, we're using oh, it. No. We record. We use it to record." Because back then, they didn't know DJ Jazzy Jeff. They didn't know much about rapping or nothing yeah, like that. It was, it was just another, another local show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just another tape to them. And I was like, man, I can't <laughs> believe you know what was on that tape? They were like, we used it. We, we, we record over stuff, you know, if you don't take it right away. I was so mad. But I do got footage of them from my Your recorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, wow. yeah. 
That's crazy. That's history. That's yeah, history. And, yeah, and they were down. They were so down to her because um, I was up on stage uh, at when our group, the Hardest Posse, was recording, was uh, doing their show. I was recording them, and um, so when they finished, I stayed up stage. I figured, you know, if they kick me off, they kick me off or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But That's man, no man, <laughs> because I did Ice T too. I was taping Ice T, and the guy said you only could do clips. You can't do okay, <laughs> song, yeah. right? Yeah. I respect that. I did clips for that too. But when I was doing jazz, Jeff, I was up there, man, and the guy let me stay up there. He even came up to the camera a couple of times, was rapping oh to me, gosh. man. And he was so friggin' down to hurt yeah. back then. I, I heard Jess, Jeff, Jeff, uh, buddy of mine, still talk to Jeff this day. Wow. And Jeff is is. is like down to her, they're two down to her guys. So they were like, they were talking to us and you know, just real down to her. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's mm -hmm. really dope. So, uh, but yeah, how do you end up making that video with, uh, with Jay Style? Or who is Jay Style? Well, Jay Style, he's a teacher from, uh, he teaches at uh, RB Russell High School. He's a high school teacher. Now? He still is, yeah. Oh, okay. So, he was back then as well? Yeah, he was back then. And so Damn. he, he, he was, he, he, he was like old, old school rocker too. So, Okay. He, he was in a lot of different rock bands over the years and all that. So, yeah. you know, naturally, this hip-hop thing started coming in. And he was taking notice, you know. And um, my partner that does the show with me, his name is Trevor Uggins. Uh, his nickname is Avon T. And so M and J connected first. And he was trying to get Jay to come on there as as because he knows he was like, like we did. It was based, the show we the spotlight show was basically around popular music like hip hop, reggae, but we do we did anything any talent would bring on. We had country artists on there, we had uh, rock star, we had blues band on there. So you know we incorporated everything. Yeah. So he was he was like when we get when we, you know we want to widen the spectrum, make everybody tune into the show so when we get some old rock guy on there so we got jay style and jay said well i'm working on a little song called main street it's kind of a rap song it was like <laughs> what and trevor was like yeah but you're a rocker oh you know you go everybody you know you go look at when kiss made that song they they, they made that uh song that wasn't a hardcore metal song you know i mean what's it called dance I would ask for you. Remember that rock I'm group? Not, I'm not big on my kids. Well, Kiss, Kiss, <laughs> Kiss did a song, and it was like uh, a, a kind of danceable song. They would say yeah, we yeah. would never do a song, and they did it by flute, just and it turned out to be a big when hit for them. I was yeah, made for loving, loving you. you. Yeah, yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. That song. <laughs> that was sort of like a fluke for them yeah, because they were like, we will never do a song like that. Yeah, yeah. So we were saying to Jay, man, you're a rock guy. Why are you doing a hip hop song, man? Yeah, yeah. And you go, I don't know. I'm a musician. I'm just trying anything. Respect. So then, yeah, when we listen to the song, we go, hey, yeah. So he did, uh, he did it himself originally. And we went. He went back in the studio with me and did like the backup voice or you know look to it. Yeah. yeah. So we did that, and then he said, "Let's put together the video," and we uh, uh, you know do it. Um, we went and made the video ourselves around town, just shoot you know mm -hmm. shot what whatever we can, and did that video. And then it was one of our first video on the show. We were like, "Here's a video spotlight. Check it out." And so we aired it, and uh, people. It was a lot of feedback. We, we would play other video or local video or we'd go to other little rap show or people are performing at school or whatever and right. get the clips and and oh. do it. 
and um, around that time too, because hip hop was blowing up, CBC decided to do a, a little thing of Winnipeg hip hop. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. it was blowing up. And I hear that. I don't know if you you had a chance to see that. Yep. I yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we saw that. So yeah, see, that's when um, CBC came in and did that. Right, thing. that's yeah. Alibaba. Was Ali, yeah, Alibaba. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, one of the the guy who was there from Impulse the beginning. Impulse Records. Did you shop there? Oh, I shopped <laughs> Roman. I was, was that, there. I, I want to ask you though: Is that really the spot, or is that the spot CBC went? No, he, he <laughs> no. Yeah, he was, he was moved there. Okay, this we going way back here before Portage Place was built. Yeah, wow. he had a spot right around that area. Oh, so yeah. when Fort Sportage Place was being built, all that business around he had to move. So he moved over to, to Gary. Gary. So where that was, was his spot. Where was he on Gary? Um, just um, where are we right now? It's just a block away. It yeah, was just was a, yeah. Where the, where the, the when you when you go around right across from the Gary Theater. Yeah, it's exactly across from the Gary no Theater. Shit, yeah, right. that's where it was. That's where we had our first studio. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's wild, man. That's that's, that's where that's, that's where so, Roman had his impulse. Yeah, yeah. Was, what was the other? Was there other record stores that were selling? There was uh, yeah. There's uh, after it started blowing up like that in Winnipeg and and the underground scene. There's a couple of guy try. Um, one of the guy who also was involved in creating this this thing too. He he brought in a couple of rap group too. Um, his name is CJ Sound. He opened up a record shop. I can't remember the name. As a shop now, but it was on Ellis Avenue, and he had uh, he, he had bring in a lot of hip hop. Uh, he was yeah, he was mostly hip hop. He had a little bit of reggae, but he was mostly hip hop man. And um, so that was on Ellis uh, Impulse Record. And there was another guy, an English guy. Uh, he was a DJ too. Um, I can't remember. He's got a, every English accent. He opened up a shop too. So there was about three of them at the time. Where you could get records in town. Yeah. Yeah. But it was and still probably worthwhile to go away. I would drive, there. yeah, I would drive. And I had a cousin on the Grand Forks Air Force base. Um, oh, okay. um he was stationed down there. So I would drive down there just about every weekend and hang out with them and go chill out. Sometimes stay on the uh, stay there on the weekend um, with them down there. And I would rush rush to the record store and stuff. And so I would pick up bringing up music and I'd be like thinking I would, I would come back here and try to get the stores there. I'd be like, Grand Fox have this. How come we can't have this? Like right. the, the, the HMV store and all that. Mm -hmm. And at the time, yeah, they were like, it's not enough people who, you know, require yeah, and stuff. Right. So they didn't order then. So that's when those guys started opening up those stores yeah, and making like, it well, available. Specialty guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so then you do the you do the show for, for, for as, long, as long as you do it. And then what happens after the show for you? It's like 95 now. Hip hop is it's going into its jiggy era, I yeah. guess, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's changing up now. You got Puffy and, and Shiny too. Right. All that coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so where where does Bunny find himself? Like, what are you up to? Well, well, at the time too, I was involved in a festival called the Black Arama Reggae Festival. Yes, yes. That I've heard was, a lot about. It. I, this is not why I want to. So uh, that actually <laughs> that actually started even even before prior to the hip hop thing because we started that back in '82. Oh, it was wow. just some young kids. And you know, naturally from Jamaica, and your Jamaican hero passed away. We were like, um, let's do something about it. So we used to go to Vimy Ridge Park on Portage Avenue and just hang out and play ball there. So one day we went to the parks and recs, and we go like, uh, 
But we just bring our DJ equipment, or, or uh, we wasn't fully DJ system. That was we had ghetto box and we hook up cassette <laughs> tape to it and stuff like that. And yeah, we, yeah. Could we bring our ghetto blaster and just play some Bob Molly song because he's our like Jamaican hero and he just passed away and all that. And they were like, well, yeah, so long as you know it's hard, it's done hardly, and you know you if we have any complaint of noise or whatever, and you know we said sure. So a Bob Molly passed out. And, Passed away in 81, so 82, that's when we did it the year after. And we just went there and bring our music in there and turn it up a little bit and did our little break dance and, you know, just our kids stuff. Yeah. And we start gathering a crowd. It's like, whoa, you know, people coming over, what's this, you know, right. and all that. Bob Marley and all that. <laughs> we get a little crowd and we make it a day like a meteor neighborhood kind of thing and then the next year we kind of went into it and just uh organized it a little bit better and it it, it manifests into the reggae soca fair every year after that it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until so that was going on alongside the hip-hop uh, when the hip-hop come along too so i was still doing that so uh what happened is uh, uh that's when um the shah bought out the, the all those Table at place, yeah. yeah. So they were changing up stuff. So they were like, "Oh, okay, uh, you know, we're just gonna do a few more of the spotlight show, and then we're just gonna do something, move on to something new." So they told us, you know, the last show was coming up. So we knew the last show was coming up. So I started focusing more on the uh, Soka Reggae Festival. Well, it wasn't called Soka Reggae Festival then. This is a different festival, actually. That's called Soka Reggae Festival. It was called the Reggae Festival in honor of Bob Marley, Dakarama. That was the name of it. So I start focusing on that more. And we'd bring a lot of hip-hop group to, to, to that, too, even though it was a reggae festival. We try to incorporate everything. So some of the first rap groups started in that festival, actually. Um, um, like, the first guys them that I ever know that was, our, uh, like, an organized actual rap group was these uh, three guys. It uh, was called the Vicious Street, and they were the first rap group that we put on, on stage at the reggae festival to do uh, a, a show from Winnipeg other than outside artists. Right, yeah. right. So they they were, um, you know, and I only had that one picture, man. I uh, back, I wish, no, man, look in yeah, hindsight. Yeah. That, I would that, have that picture's videos. hard, though. It's like, yeah. like karate. So, and you know, rap, <laughs> rap and hip-hop back then, it was, if especially in a group, you try to look alike. So they yeah. want to have that, uh, yeah. that, uh, uh, the the uh, mass that kind of art form like yeah. uh you know like material art kind of style yeah, yeah. so that's that was their their thing and um, they had a, a, a DJ named Jimmy J and till this day that guy is one of the baddest DJ he doesn't yeah. DJ that much no more well, but uh, he's a yeah he's an African dude and I thought I was one of the baddest DJ back in the day because I was selling mixtape too I was doing mixtape and all yeah, that yeah. and somebody said hey this Jimmy J dude is having a house party, you know. Like, you know, I'll check it out. I'm not doing that night. And I went down the house party, man. I see this dude mixing. I'm like, damn, <laughs> this, this dude can mix, man. He was like, he was mixing, man. We hooked up and then we started doing parties together. But yeah, I, I need to mention his name too because yeah. he was back there. Jimmy who, who J. Are the, who are the three? Do you remember the names? The guys that were there. Um, one guy named was Cyril, one name was O.B. White, and the other one was Charlie G. Charlie G. Yes, Cyril O.B. White. I'm still in, in touch with uh, 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 Cyril. He lives in New York now. 
Okay. He had a big laugh when they posted that. He was like, oh, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were one of the first group that came out and, and people was like, oh, man, we got something here, we man. Because they, 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 they weren't just a flash in the pan thing. They would practice and they have their move and they were really an entertainer. And yeah, they were called the Vicious Three. The Vicious Three. And Did yeah, they I w- come out with any records? No, back then it was just, you know... Yeah. It was like routine. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and back then, you know, it's not like, no, you can build your own studio. You have to True. pay, you have to, a couple of hundred dollars to go in a studio to, you know. I used to record them on my little cassette recorder or whatever, yeah. but that was about it. You know, if I dig up stuff, I probably find tons of stuff. Like, I used to record everything audio, all, all the, 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 the groups and stuff. So I'm still going through some of that and still finding yeah. gems in all that, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I even had uh, these girls, two, uh, I had these uh, two white girls um, that was like, they, I would see them at all the hip-hop show and all that, and they were interested, and they were like, you know, um, we could rap. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and they were rapping and stuff, and, and I kind of bring them in and kind of, you know, show them the way and, you know, to make the rhyme, um, um, you know, work and all that. And I try to produce them, uh, so I record them, we did a couple of show on the boat with them and all that, and you know, it was it was it was what it what it is. Yeah, it was People, a moment. Yeah, it was a moment, and so yeah, we were doing everything to get this thing going, man. Yeah, we were yeah. like, yeah, that's dope. So that black Rama, how long did it go for? And then when did yeah. it switch over to the, the current? So yeah, it, like it, a dead time in the middle. Um, yeah, it it did stop for a minute. Um, it went uh, from uh, a so like officially eighty one, eighty two. Like the first one was actually called Block with an O, Blockorama, and um, and actually that caused a little fuss because uh, my um, partner was doing it with me. His name is Rocky, and he said, you know, let's change it up and call it Blockorama. Like you know, um, just because the city actually when we did the Parks and Recs, well, they suggest that name and they said just call it the Blockorama Party in honor of Bob Marley. And so he, he kind of felt that when it was when it was getting yeah so it stayed blockorama for a few years, but he had a feeling they were gonna take control of it because it was growing it was getting big, mm. so he wanted to take the name away. So he was yeah. like exchange it from O to A blockorama and that's yeah. how it comes blockorama and people were like what are you calling it they were kind of mad they were like what are you calling blockorama it's gonna eliminate it's gonna make it seems like it's just a black thing and we were just like no and, but Rocky knew what he was doing because yeah. the city was getting ready to they wanted because it, it was over. yeah so when he changed it and we uh, incorporated the name and all that so we took control of it yeah so we was able to run run that festival for years and we used to get grant from the city because this this was so funny. Um, we were, um, like Rocky and them used to go to Tech I, I would live out in the night and so I, I used to go to Garden City back then. But uh, it was all these, back in the days, you know, all the black guys want to go to Tech Vok or Gordon Bell because it was for the basketball program. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this counselor, Harvey Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was a counselor, Daniel Mack yeah, here. He yeah. passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. They named the building after Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he's, in, he's teaching at uh, TechVox school too. And you see all these black guys hanging out and rapping and doing stuff. And you go, hey, what are you guys doing? And they were like, you know, it's hip hop and culture and stuff. And he go, yeah, you guys should do something with that. So uh, he said, I'm a city counselor, you know, you guys could make this into something or whatever you want to. 
So when we yeah, doing he's the re- a real one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, he's a real one, man. He's yeah. a real one. Because yeah, you know, he, he wanted to see the kids do something. He didn't want to see them getting the gangs or nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. So he actually told us to come to City Hall and see him. He said, "Make your presentation good. Put it down on paper." We went to City Hall and uh, and 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 bring bring everything we need and represent it to them. And a lot of those old foggy uh, city council didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> and they were like, what's re- reggae or reggae or hip hop? <laughs> and Harvey would be like, I know. <laughs> and he would, he would, uh, you know, yeah, show us how, yeah, show us how to do the papers for the grants and stuff and stuff and get organized and all. And he helped us, and we were getting grants for putting this on because it was getting so big. The city was recognizing it, you know, and, and it just blew up. So then it went all the way till um, 87. Okay. When uh, by then the grants had dried up, it oh. was already, uh, we were doing it from out of our pocket the last oh, no. three, four years. But it was paying off. But it was right? making... Yeah, yeah, it was paying off. And we kind of want to get out, out of the shadow of the, uh, the, 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 we wanted it all totally for ourselves because. The city was like, they would start telling us what to do because they moved us from Vimy Ridge Park because it, it got so big, we all grow that park. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 they said we can use uh, the legislator there, uh, the Memorial Park. Oh, okay. So we used that for a few years, and then they start telling us we got to leave that park now because it's too big for that park. And they were, oh, saying, wow. they were saying, go to the Forks. And we kind of hesitated because... When we check out uh, what it's going to take to go to the forks, it was going to be lots more money. It was more expensive. It was more privatized. Yeah. And stuff like that. So we we didn't we didn't want to leave. We stayed here as long as we can. But then finally we just decided to cut. They just cut the plugs. So we yeah. So that kind of killed it off a bit. And my partner Rocky was donating. He at the time moved away to Vancouver too. So uh, yeah, we just like. Maybe we should take a break and see what happened. Um, and and prior to that, too, the year before, we kind of took a big loss because we had it ra- it rained out, man. Oh, so yeah. that's we, the danger uh, of outside. That's party, a danger, right? yeah. yeah. And it, well, it was uh, it, of the weather. Yeah, yeah the, it, it, it rained out, and we take a beating, man. We we kind of lost. We we uh, we had actually some Jamaican acts came up, so we we uh, end up we pay for them and everything and all that. Yeah. But the bank was good with us from over the years, right? When we dealing with the bank and the bank. So the next year, the bank kind of spot us yeah, yeah. some money to start up the next year. Yeah. But we just we just pay off our bills then. We sort of like, okay, we'll take a break. We got flushed. Yeah, yeah flush. Okay, we don't want anybody. Yeah, anybody yeah, it was, it was more. So that kind of killed it. Yeah, yeah, you, you take know, one of those yeah. scary moments. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah. Really yeah. This so, happens again. Like, so, yeah, 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 we'd be done. So we took a break. And then he moved, and then we were like, oh, I don't know, maybe we'll wait a while. And then other people try to take it over and start yeah, it up, and that's how it come and start up by other people, and uh, called Soka Reggae Festival. But I was involved; they brought me in. That, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. a friend of mine. We restarted that up, so yeah, and that's still going now. Yeah, the Soka when, Reggae Festival. So they celebrated ten years, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They started in like the two thousands, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They started so in between, like in the nineties, there wasn't really anything popping for. Uh, no, no, and to think about that too, when we were doing Black Arama, we helped start a couple other groups. Started, I don't know if you you know, there was a, a, a I think it was a Latin Arama, 
going on too. Yeah, they didn't run that long. I think they run like three or four years. We upstart them up, and I'm pretty sure the Filipino group had something like that too. I don't know if it was called Filipino Rama or uh, I don't know. If do some research, there was there was a guy here named. Alex, was it Alex or Felix? We helped him get something like that going on too. So we were helping trying to get all these community, especially the minority community, you know, yeah, to yeah, have their culture. Their own, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, was yeah. Fokorama started before that. Like, so Fokorama is like 40. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is like how so, all these names kind of. Kind of come together, yeah. That, play yeah. a folk and ramen. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, sort of how we do. Yeah. So at one time we were having all kind of festival, man. I remember the Italian used to have an Italian festival at the Italian forks too. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pasta ramen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had a festival running for a few years too. Yeah, yeah. But you know, at one time Winnipeg got so many festivals in the summertime. There was just about every weekend there was a festival. That's actually I feel like really we're dope. getting closer there now. It's like we got folk fest. fest. We got, yeah, we got uh, fringe fest. fest. Fringe fringe frings, yeah, 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 yeah. And the jazz fests and all that. Yeah, yeah it We're was close. because yeah. you know we don't get a lot of summertime. So exactly, <laughs> we gotta so. get it in there. We gotta yeah. get it in. Make it fit. Make it work. So uh, of the of the black arama, is there any other artists that came out of that? Like Vicious Three, obviously you said. Yeah, uh, there was uh, white girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 actually, you know what they were? They were we were playing off salt and pepper, so we call them sugar and spice. <laughs> oh, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. That was oh their, my gosh, that's yeah, so perfect. Sugar and spice, yeah. and you know, uh, we we got them into <laughs> we got them into doing some good shows. Uh, uh, there was we used to have a hall here called the Rendezvous in Saint yeah. Boniface, yeah. and um, they, yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. We got them to open up, those girls opened up for a couple of big acts. I remember the, uh, the Whalers came in. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they, they, op they were there um, one of the first time when they came to Winnipeg. And those girls opened up for them. There was uh, uh, a bunch of stuff we did over there. And then, you know, Garfield Williams, the Williams brother, was yeah, doing... Yeah, um, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they were doing stuff over there, too. They, were, they, they had a, a hip-hop thing called... Uh, what was this thing called again? He ran it for about four or five years, and then until he moved out because him and Mood Rough and them. Uh, I can't remember his like festival he had, like, festival too. Festival he had a festival every yeah. year that a hip hop festival that he used to do too. Okay. Yeah, okay. and that's where that's where peanuts and popcorn used to be. Um, 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 freak show and those earlier groups used to always do that festival too. Oh, okay. What so, year was yeah. this? This is. Yeah, uh, this I think he started late '90s to early 2000. Okay. Um, um, yeah, uh, I, I'd have to go look up his stuff or talk to. Actually, his brother still living. Two deaf crew, right? Is, I know you've mentioned them. Yeah, two deaf crew too was was, that was like what, late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, those those were those those, those were um um I think uh uh ninety. Yeah, late late nineties or early two thousand. And then Hard Edge Posse was your. Uh, yeah, Hard Edge Posse. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I work with them. They were. Um, um, there was a few other groups. Uh, started up like uh, the two the two Fresh Crew, which um, Fresh IE was in. Okay. That okay. was like a big group, like uh, who, 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 who clan. Oh, so they the, were a clan. They, okay. They, they like so there was, was like. Fresh someone else, and then fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, they they had break dancers, they had rappers and stuff, and they had uh, the fresh eye was one of the rapper. There was uh, Nitro was one of the rapper. 
we had them on some of the boat crews too. I, I even got clips of some of them on uh, my computer here too. I can show you guys. They, they, um, they were uh, the, the two fresh crew. They were called and the Hardage Posse. I actually have a poster with both those group. We were doing a, a, a show at Le Rendezvous actually too, and it was fresh. Uh, uh, Freshies group was called the two fresh crew and um, uh, Hardage Posse. And they perform. So those were some of the earlier groups that I can think of uh, from the late mid to late nineties into the early two thousands. It was like state of mind. State of mind, show. yes. State of mind came along. Uh, Bonafide freak Bonafide. show, Bonafide. yeah. Bonafide with um, Shannon, Michelle, and Rhonda. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 Rhonda, yeah. I know Rhonda oh, well now. Rhonda is like and a I, Winnipeg uh, Lauren Hill. You know, yeah. she can rap, she can sing, she, man. Yeah, she's yeah. Really, yeah. So there, or she was in a group called Bonafide, and um, that was a group too. Um, was it they, all women? I don't know much about Bonafide. No, Bonafide was. Uh, now and now, I yeah, yeah. Stories about that. No, right? no, I think at one point she was the only female in there. It was uh, okay. three guys and her. Okay. And um, I gotta talk to Rhonda too. Yeah, Rhonda's you gotta talk. Too. She have history <laughs> that's too. A good yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, she's yeah. dope too. Really yeah, good yeah. and and they their their group was being played on the, on the first hip hop station, um, Flavor. Flavor. Yeah, they yeah, played yeah. them a bit. I was, you know, I was with Flavor for a while too. I I, I, I was that. doing the reggae show on there on Sundays. Yeah. yeah. And who was so, Flavor? Like who who put that together? Because that was like here and then it was oh, gone. Yeah. Okay. The guy who started his name is uh, Frank Capazola. He was a longtime radio uh, DJ in the city. He works for every radio station. He worked for 92, he worked for 94, 97. <laughs> That's what was happening. Once you're in yeah. the radio business, you kind of you just ran tossed around. Yeah. But yeah, he was, because uh, I remember when I was a kid, I used to listen. He had such a strong, deep voice. He still does a lot of voiceover till now. But I remember as a teenager, would listen to him on CFRW back then, man. That's what it was yeah. called. They were just right over there, too. Yeah. And then. Um, he got together with some people and um, uh, wanted to do a hip-hop show when hip-hop was getting big. I mean, a hip-hop radio station when hip-hop was getting big. So in 2004, he applied for license and put together a place and all that. And so it's Frank, Frank Capazola. He's the one who started it. Um, and so uh, he ran it for, uh, uh, he, I think he started uh, 2004. 2005, I was there 2006, I was there part of 2005, 2006, 2007, I think the end of 2007 was the last, last year. year. Yeah, 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 that sounds about right. About yeah. three years? Yeah, about yeah. three years run. There was a lot of, uh, uh, there was a lot of infighting or people mm. who got together in the station and uh, caused a demise and also Frank kind of caused it on himself because he was really critical with uh, the politician, with the NDP okay. government he used to talk against them and stuff, oh, and wow. I think they they kind of uh -oh. helped get him shut down uh -oh. too. And, <laughs> and he brought the heat on himself. Yeah, he kind of yeah he, he was that that and partly too we was getting some jealousy from some of the other radio station. I know we were really? getting we were getting complaint that uh, we weren't playing the, the right content. Uh, I remember one time I was doing a reggae show and Frank came in and said, uh, "You got to play more Canadian reggae." Oh. I was like, most of the reggae I play is, I said some of the reggae is recorded next door in the studio. It's some of the local artists I even play. How more Canadian can they be? <laughs> but they were complaining that we weren't playing 
you know, f- uh, Canadian no. content and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we yeah, were yeah. breaking the rules. We were always getting complaints. And uh, uh, some of the other well-known station was because we were doing something that nobody was doing at the time. Because we, we were the first ones to start live to hear recording um, from the nightclub. Oh, wow, like, we yeah. Were, we were, uh, like, I brought that they idea. They all do them now. No, yeah. yeah. Before. And it was lucrative for them after Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the Canada Inn was one of our big sponsors. Yeah. And we'd go to Canada Inn, and um, we had all the top DJ. Finesse was there at one time. D-Lil was there doing yeah. some of the live location at yeah. Canada Inn. Yeah. And we'd do it live to here, Friday or Saturday night. And so those other stations wasn't doing it. They were getting jealous, and we were getting complaining. You were owning Friday yeah, nights, yeah. for real. And so they were complaining, and that all that kind of together, just bring it down, and yeah. Yeah, politics, yeah, politics. Politics. <laughs> Yo, that's dope. Yeah, so you're involved in Play With You, and then I know you're involved in Karma Nightclub, because that's how yeah. I met you back in the yeah, day, yeah. when I was working at Street, well, and we had a gig there, and then I, that's where I met you, you were running the yeah, show, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um... <clears throat> All, all that uh, started too is one of the guy who, who, his name is Paxton Stall. He was one of the partner into the first hip hop or R and B reggae nightclub. Is he like a politician or something? No, no, Paxton? no, no. He's just a local. He works for Boy in all his, his years. He um, retired now. Okay. But he's he's originally from. He's a Barbados guy. Okay. And he um he and he, he came here and um when they opened the first hip hop station. I mean, on that station, the, the first hip-hop nightclub, he, he, he went, after that club went run its time, he went into another one, and another one, and so he had that one, and I think the second one that he got involved with was over here at the bank, the old bank building over where okay. 441 is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was still like an old bank building, so they called it the bank at the time. Yeah, And... That's where I, 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 when I was DJing there, I actually met DJ Finesse because we, we had just come back from Jamaica then. Oh my God, Finesse. He grew up in Jamaica, he, eh? No, oh, no sure. wonder. Because he would have <laughs> the dope. When he was a, and the longest. <laughs> yeah. He would play dance. His dance hall set, set was like 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like straight. Yeah. Now, That's yeah. funny. That, I, now that makes sense. That makes you, you sense. Know, you know the funny story, right? So I had, I had previous kind of move away to Vancouver for a few years. And then I came back here. So then I came back here. I hooked up the job, uh, the, the the bank building, and it was sort of a hip hop club, or they call it the black club, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, finesse had, uh, and I knew finesse mom before too, but I didn't know. I knew she had a little boy, but I didn't know. But they they moved to Jamaica, and he grew up there. So she brought him back here because she wanted him to go to high school. So we're playing at the uh, bank over there, and in come finesse walk in and. He's like this little white boy, I'm thinking, you know. And he started talking, and I'm like, oh, his accent was deeper than mine. Like, he had just come out from Jamaica. Oh God, yeah. I was like, where you from, boy? And he's like, I'm from Jamaica, man, and all that stuff. And I go, you play? And he go, yeah, man, and I'm playing. And he came back with that attitude from Jamaica and and the the style and the flavor because he was down there soaking up the dance hall yeah. and, the, and, the, and the sound system. Yeah, yeah. And when he went on and he did a set, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> damn, dude. You break by the real Jamaica, yeah, man. Yeah. The boy could speak. He knows how to blend his, his dance hall, man. So that's where I met. Finesse when yeah. you were uh, the first time I met Finesse, I was like, "Oh shit, you're white!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say that, and I had to defend him. I go, "He's a Jamaican man," no, like because they keep thinking he me. was faking his accent. I said, "Oh, yeah." They would go, I "Why never hear him talk?" Yeah, they were like, "I mean, he lost it now yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. been back here so long." But 
I'd be like, no, he's a Jamaican and leave him. Like he's not faking it. That's yeah. his real accent. He grew up there. Yeah. yeah Damn. Yeah. Yeah, he's realer than snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's funny, man. That's dope. Yeah. And then, yeah, so then you just wound up DJing the clubs kind of. Yeah, just going from club from to club. Because, uh, yeah, um, the, the same guy that I was telling you, Paxton, who started the first uh, nightclub. So he moved from club to club. Like, you know, club his, last. His, yeah. His so when, you know, you do a club for two, three years, and then you move on to another one, and that yeah. one is shut down. And, that's yeah, he ended up owning... Um, karma for a bit there and um yeah so i was with him throughout the years over every club that he he, he ever opened up i think he had like um over the years he probably did like four five or six different clubs in the city yeah, yeah yeah i could name at least like five or six that i worked for him so over the years so yeah until the last the last one when it was karma and then um you know it kind of went under and he had some partner coming in but he bailed out and let them do it that's when it turned into nectar yeah, he's like, All yeah. Right. yeah he just like, yeah. because they want to do so much and put so much money in nectar and he was like no i'm not putting that much money because club only lasts for so long yeah i know the scale i'm not gonna put I, but I'm, um, I'm not gonna double down on um, i don't know if you know yan the guy who was running nectar yeah. He, yeah. he put a lot of money in there man yeah yeah, yeah he put a lot of money in there. so yeah there you go so that kind of takes us to now and now we're going to catch DJ Bunny. What's DJ Bunny up to? Well, you know, <laughs> I've, I find I, w I was doing this sort of before I was playing at a club uh, out in Charleswood. Um, um, it was called The Perimeter at the time when I was uh, playing there. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I sort of just came back from Vancouver. So I was just nightclub playing there. And they used to have like liquor and stuff coming there during the, you know, a certain time and all that. So I did the DJ thing for Stripper for a while, but you know I was I'm more of a DJ that that. That's more like you play a song. Play and you, thing, it's more MC talk, and you, you hype them up and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What kind of what kind of music you play for the strippers? Well, whatever they want. It's usually their <laughs> what's, set. What's the most popular what's songs? songs yeah. what's, what songs you find yourself playing the most for the? Um, they they a lot of them like hip hop stuff and all that and um, they mix it up they 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 would like do a rock set it, it depends on the crowd yeah, yeah. they see a whole bunch of older rockers guys sure. in there they'll put <laughs> yeah yeah John Bone Jovi and all that yeah, stuff yeah. <laughs> but um, so I was doing that for a little bit so I kind of I knew that part of, of the business and mm -hmm. you know and but it wasn't my thing so I went off doing clubs and stuff and all that. But then I rediscovered there's more money in that business for, for it's not even DJ, I call it. I call it more MC, so I'm at Teasers now. I'm four oh, nights a week okay. at Teasers, nice. so I'm back in there. And I'm, I'm making way more money there. Yeah. And it's just from tips. Yeah, yeah. And tips. Yeah, that's just from tips, man. You do good, especially on the weekend. And um, I hit, that's that's sort, sort of what I'm doing right now. I'm teaser four nights a week, but I still do like my other gigs, clubs. I was at uh, last couple of weeks ago. I was at Pony Corral. I bounce around like Pony yeah, Corral, yeah. right? I'm doing a classic. Sometimes spinning. Yeah. I'm I'm doing like I'm doing a wedding next weekend and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, DJ school. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. DJ life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From time, do you yeah. ever spin vinyl now? Oh, uh, rarely, um, I did, New Year's, I did last New Year's, uh, it was an old school all vinyl party. Okay, so nice. that was the last time I did all vinyls, but, um, it was, it was Did you 
you have Surround to go into your, your yeah you I, well i got some crates storage. at home i got some crates at home but i was doing like a old school so i had to go dig up some old even some disco stuff I had oh, okay okay they, they want i did it at the best western they wanted a theme yeah. thing and they yeah. wanted a disco old school 70s thing yeah, yeah, yeah. so i had to go dig up some donna summer and some stuff yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah that's what i did yeah. and nowadays what do you dj on um, I'm just used Serato. Um, I saw I Serato vinyl or also Serato uh, CDJs. Mm-hmm. It, it depends or whatever. And I, and I do use a control. I try to use all the technology. I don't eliminate none of them. I mean, nice. some DJ fight against them, but I yeah. said, hey, you like you got to learn from all the uh, all the elements that comes into it because it's, it's music you're putting out. Hip hop was brought to us by. Technology advances. Yeah. So it should grow with grow technology. Grow with technology. Advances. So, I, yeah, I in, encourage uh, people. I, I and, and even some of the, the younger DJs, I still learn from them because they uh, they brought something new and different with with their style of technology, their uh, controller or their uh, whatever they are using. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I pick up stuff from them too, you know. What's, but the, new, I still, what's the newest thing you've learned from a young DJ? You know what I learned from a, 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 a young DJ is um, when they um, uh, oh they uh, uh, select their uh, like I, I was doing that in crates and stuff like putting my records together how I want them put yeah, them in crates. Organizing I learned I learned a lot of that oh they organize it and because um, I was still playing the old school way even on Serato I, you know I use the, the, the Serato uh, signal vinyl and I put it on and I just play and I would grab another song here and there and. I learned to organize and put it in beats form and all that. Before, I never used to do that. I just just grab any record and make it work in to and all that all yeah. off my head. But I find the young, the younger new DJs now they have shit organized so good that they even have it organized by the uh, um, the keys. Oh wow! So like okay, yeah. you can play four songs all in the same key and people and would never know, and it's so smooth seamless. because you don't lose. You don't lose the the keys or nothing. The keys stay the same. Yeah. So that's what I take from the young DJs. Uh, uh, some of them a lot. I was like, yeah, you know, if I want an easy night, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. You, you got pre-organized. Yeah, pre-organized and all that. So yeah, I take yeah. that from them. That's too, yeah. Dope, man. That's yeah. Dope. Uh, who do you think we should talk to? If we're if we're out here, we're trying to capture Winnipeg's yeah. hip hop scene. Like we brought up Rhonda's brought name. Up definitely Rhonda's her. Rhonda. Um. Um. Uh, the, I'm thinking of people here. I, I think I know a lot of other people from all the town that don't live here no more. But um, yeah, fresh eye too. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, um, I want to sit down with Big Bear as well. Oh yeah, those, those guys. Some of those. Of yeah, he, he brought in a lot of shows. Yeah, yeah, he's been there. Um, um, I can't even think off the top of my head now, but when it comes to me, I'll let you know. Because, yeah, yeah, uh, anytime. Yeah, yeah. Sure, There's uh, yeah. a lot of people. Like, yeah, if you can talk to any one of the Williams brother, uh, mm-hmm. I know um, Adaljo don't live here no more, but you can yeah. get a chance to talk to him. Because some of those those boys, yeah, they used to, when those boys started out, they used to come and give me props because they used to watch a show and that give them encouragement to do what they do. And to take it where they go. Mood rough. Yeah, mood rough, Garfield, and all that. Mm-hmm. So if he if he if he comes in town too, like he's in Toronto now, but yeah. if he comes in town because of pop. I actually, you know, speaking about him too, I gotta give his father props too because his father was a sound guy, was a reggae DJ back in the day too, oh, and I kind of take off from Roots. him. So that's where he comes. Yeah, is that? Um, if I'm if I'm not 
uh, I can't remember the name. I think his sound might have called Dyna Dynamic Sound or, or something like oh, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So his dad was a DJ, so you know that kind of get. If he if he if you hear if you listen to uh, his kind of uh, 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 style of music, you can get the, you can get that little bit of reggae flavor in it. Mm. That coming from his dad, because his dad was a reggae DJ. Yeah. So that's he cool. was one of the pioneer that you know was doing it too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think I think I want to talk to um, Chubby D as well. Chubby, yeah, I saw Chubby D last night. I, did, I was at the Jamaican Hall for a little bit last night too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Chubby D, um, and you know, we lost uh, uh, one of the pioneer that I took under my wing and 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 bring him out too, and he became a big DJ promoter. His name is DJ Fresh. Yeah. He passed away a couple of years ago. Mm. And yeah. He, he he was based in Regina. Um. But he used, he did a lot of show. He did some big show here across Canada. Sean Paul. He worked with some of the top DJs in the world and stuff like that. Yeah, young cat. So too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a heart attack a couple of years. So I gotta put his name out mm -hmm. there. Rest in peace, rest DJ in peace. Fresh. Yeah, no he did a lot to this this, this hip hop thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, some of those, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, Beer. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Um, yeah. yeah, that's good, man. So. Yeah, thank you for stopping by, hanging out with us. Awesome. I think we, we brought a lot of history. It's good yes, to yes. Definitely. If cats never heard of Black Arama, now they would have heard of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we got the story from the man himself who was throwing those parties back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we covered a lot of ground. Well, I got a lot of notes. Yeah, you've been taking notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking notes. <laughs> I got a lot of notes. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate you stopping by, man. Yeah, anything shoots up, I'll, I'll shoot you some information. If any anything else that I might forget or whatever, or yeah, people yeah. that you can talk to, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they will be because, yeah. Yeah, we want to make this a series and like tell the, the story, the history. Mm -hmm. Take history. Definitely, yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> you know, thanks for coming through. For sure, respect. Yeah.